Hey everyone, it's David Duchovny. Do you ever feel like a failure? Trust me, I get it. Hell, I've spent my whole life almost feeling like a failure. It's appropriate though, because on Fail Better, my new podcast with Lemonada Media, exploring the world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives is the whole point. Each week I'll chat with artists, athletes, actors, and experts about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, I hope we can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out on May 7th, wherever you get your podcasts. Why, hello there. It's your old pal, Sarah Silverman, and I'm back with a brand new season of the Sarah Silverman Podcast. On my podcast, I am talking about uh, everything politics. Yeah, we get into it. Favorite sandwich shop in L.A.? I know a few spots, and I'm going to tell you about them. I'm also going to be talking to you. I will be reacting and responding to listener voicemails in real time. Let me tell you, things can get weird, and I love every second of it. Weird is my comfort zone. The newest season of the Sarah Silverman Podcast is out now wherever you get your podcasts. Lemonada. I'm Kiki Monique, and this is I'm Sorry, the unapologetic show about apologies. And this week I discovered potato tacos and my life as I know it has changed forever. Oh, wow. I have not discovered that yet, but uh, I'm Mohammed El Sheikhi, and this week I'm just simply thriving wow and i'm oha lopez and uh this week i uh gave all my clothes try to sell my clothes to buffalo exchange and entered the age-old um agent of them trying to give me very little money for what i believe is a true hall of treasures and so i walked away with my dignity intact buffalo exchange that's all buffalo exchange does you get in and then they're like you are a worthless person (laughs) you are worthless and the things that you have are shit and what who am i i don't need some 19 year old little hit kid in their 90s ass recycled clothing telling me that my cool a-line dresses are out no thank you so i walked away that's good. Yeah. yeah. No, Buffalo Exchange need to get their shit together. I, That's right. I do not care for their attitude. I do not like to go there. I don't even shop from there. So I stopped all of that long ago, like going to Williamsburg and having some like hipster just like look at my clothes with disdain <laughs> was, it was too much. So now everything just goes straight to Salvation Army, Goodwill. I just, I can't. Um, so this is something that's happening to me right now. Um, I'm in a situation where I'm going to the beach every day, right? Um, and the uh, yes, I'm sorry. Should I apologize for that? I yes. love that you call. You said I am in a situation as this, this 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 bad thing happened upon me, and I cannot stop it. I just keep going to the beach. Your Venezuelan <laughs> friends hate you the way you've just adopted to this like privileged American life. I swear. So sorry. I'm so sorry. Um, So I'm going to the lake and it's gorgeous and it's beautiful there. And so I want to talk to you guys about my I'm sorry, but okay. Okay. Um, I'm ready for it. I really need to put it out there because it's been really driving me crazy. And I just want to say to all of you out there that if you bring your speakers to the beach, you're a terrible person. If you (laughs) or anyone thinks that other people should be forced to listen to whatever crap music and you're going to choose to inflict that to me in a public beach while I'm trying to listen to the sound of the water and the birds and soft chirping and meditating. I just feel like if you want to listen to music in public or, you know, like at a beach or wherever, you should use your headphones. You know what you should do, Aha? Uh-huh? You should also bring a big speaker and and play the sound of the beach on it. Just like, just like waves and stuff, and just put it out. Just meditation noises, but home blast. I think that would be very ah. funny. Uh, but also, here's the thing. Okay, I agree with you. Uh, mm. At least it's happening to you on the beach, uh, and I'm sure uh, Kiki can relate to this. People here do it on the subway. This is true. 
And the subway, without music, without anything else, without any other uh, outside factors, sucks. Yeah. There are rats there. And people are like, hey, do you think this is bad? What if I played music on my phone out loud? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not even music, by the way. They're watching videos. Just YouTube videos <laughs> out loud. It's not okay. The YouTube videos is the worst. Yeah. Because I, this is my problem. I get a little curious. I get a little, I want to see what video they're watching, but I would never, I would never deign ask them to share that. That would be awkward and strange. I just think that, you know what happened? This is what set me off is somebody put on that Justin Timberlake Woodsman album while I was out, while I was at the beach. And I thought to myself, this is not acceptable. It is not acceptable that I have to listen to this Justin Timberlake album out here when I'm just trying to live my best life. And I thought this is... Go and listen to it in the woods where it's supposed to be consumed. It's just, it's just, I don't know why you think what you're watching or listening to is worthy of sharing. Yeah. People, people sometimes just need silence. And this is the message (laughs) that we want to get to people today. So I think you guys kind of agree with me. I'm sorry that I'm ruining the fun, but like, especially like a busy beach where you're hearing like, I don't know, you know, Gwen Stefani's bananas on one ear and then the other ear is playing Justin Timberlake. And then the guys behind me had a rotation of seven different songs that kept playing over and over and over again. And I was just like, this is not right. I agree with you mostly. I mostly agree. Like, I more am leaning into, like, the the subway people are terrible. You know, if you're just in, like, a regular park. The beach, I will say I push back a little bit because, again, you know, I look forward to those, you know, montage moments where you're you're coming up from the water. Maybe you want a Beyonce moment. Like, I don't know. At the beach, I just think there's a – I have a little more latitude. I I, I think I I let it go a little more. But – that's me. You say this now until you find me on your beach with a speaker playing the national anthem. <laughs> over and over again. Did you guys hear about the... the? First of all, God bless all Beyonce, our Lord and Savior. Um, but and you Have you guys been listening to the album? What's going on? Uh, yeah, yeah, on repeat. I'm nonstop. I cannot stop. Yeah. But then I started, of course, because with all good comes a sort of wave backlash of bad. Um, So apparently, so there's been a lot in the news about like something comes out and then there's backlash against this, uh, like a song or something specific. But um, so you heard about that, uh, the song uh, or the ableist slur inside of Heated and that a bunch of like disability campaigners came out and um, essentially asked Beyonce to kind of remove it. And she agreed to, which is crazy. Well, what's crazy is that she just didn't uh, learn the lesson from Lizzo. You know, I mean, maybe the song was already recorded, but what was, you know, it was so innocent and cute. You know, Lizzo posted in her story a snapshot because Lizzo and Beyonce were trending and everybody was kind of like, um, who's going to tell or why they're trending together? <laughs> but I understand they're both from Houston. Like, should that look, if, if I started trending from someone, you know, f- with Beyonce at the same time, I'd be like, look, we're both trending. Even if it was for something, you know, terrible. Yeah. <laughs> I did see that snapshot and I was like, oh, no, Lizzo. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, there's so much we're learning. I did not realize that spaz was an ableist word until the Lizzo thing happened. So, you know, Beyonce didn't get the memo, but she immediately corrected it. Um, here's the thing. When you have as much notoriety, as much fame, as much power as Beyonce, of course you're going to, what do they call it? They say, uh, hit your star, hit your wagon to that star because anything you say around that person will go viral, right? Yeah. And so, um, you know, look, I love Khalees and I know because I know that's, you know, it started with this, you know, that word. And then we start hearing from Khalees. If anyone doesn't know, Khalees is like, you know, she, Milkshake. Everyone knows the song Milkshake Brings All the Boys to Yard. Everyone knows that song. It's the greatest song. Yeah. I love it. And, um, you know, she essentially made a couple Instagram <laughs> videos calling out Beyonce saying that she, you know, stole her music because Beyonce used a sample um, in this song, I think it was Energy from the Milkshake song. It was like a, you know, I don't know how long it was. It was a little sample. And basically, you know, Khalees doesn't own the rights to her music. You know, I think, and it, what it sounded like was, I guess, Pharrell maybe owns the rights to this music. And so, you know, Beyonce uses music. She did credit Khalees in it, but Khalees was saying, you know, this wasn't 
a collab. It was theft. Mm, yeah. And so, you know, Beyonce did what Virgos do. And she was like, okay, removed. And I don't know. I guess that's the end of it. But I... Look, what I where I understand where I understand Khalees is because she's right. So many people in the music industry have gotten screwed over the years. Yeah. And we've, we're now learning that. And like we're trying to give back power to the artists and that sort of thing, you know? Um, very few people, you know, are like Mariah Carey. Mariah Carey was brilliant, and that's probably because she was married to Tommy Matola. So she knew, let me own the rights to my music. But very few musicians understood that at the time. And so yeah. I think Khalees was probably feeling just a little bit in her, was in her feelings about the whole situation. I don't think that she should have taken it out on Beyonce. But I will say the reason I think she had to use Beyonce was because, look, it got attention. Now we're paying attention to it. If she wanted to get that message out... Using Beyonce to do it was the smartest play strategically. It is true. And I mean, it's not just Khalees. I feel like two days ago, or was it yesterday, even like Monica Lewinsky tweeted something about Beyonce. So she's like also in the in the sphere as well. Yeah, there was like a 2013 song partition where, uh, you know, Beyonce says like, you know, Monica Lewinsky, all over, he Monica Lewinsky all over my dress, you know, and so, you know. So Monica was like, well, since we're removing, you know, lyrics, what do you think about this? People push back on Monica. And Mm -hmm. because in her her Twitter bio, it says, you know, rap song muse. But there's two sides. People are like, A, she was, she's saying that very sarcastically. She didn't, she wasn't trying to be a muse. And the Vanity, and then she mentioned, because she mentioned it in a Vanity Fair article in 2014 about, well, you know, I just want to let Beyonce know she should have said Bill Clinton on the dress, which actually she's right. That would have been the more yeah, appropriate that is term. More accurate, yeah. And look, like, do again, like people are trying to say that Monica Lewinsky's doing it for clout. First of all, Monica Lewinsky ten years ago <laughs> isn't gonna come against Beyonce. I don't even want to come against Beyonce now. I don't want to ever come against Beyonce. I don't ever want to say anything about it. I don't want to be on <laughs> Beyonce's bad side ever. So Beyonce, please, like, don't ever shut me out. Also, also the other thing about, like, I saw the clout uh, conversation, and I feel like sometimes people use that word. I'm just like, do you not even know what it means? I'm like, for, like whether you agree that Monica Lewinsky should, should have tweeted or not, I don't think Monica Lewinsky is asking for clout. She's, like, <laughs> probably one of the most known women in America, whether for yeah. good or bad reasons. And also doing fucking amazing, by the way. Yeah. Doing yeah. so great. And has turned a, a a crazy event into a really amazing like career, and uh, yeah, she doesn't need the clout. And also, I think she's the type of person who probably knows the difference between like clout and infamy right now. Like exactly. knows very well the dangers of wanting clout. Yeah, my thing with Monica Lewinsky is just that like uh, I because I, I I watched the uh, American Crime Story season three that was about her and. Uh, and it's just like one of those things where I'm just like, this woman has been through enough and has been shat on by so many people like David Letterman. Uh, what's what's the other dude name? The uh, late night show host. Uh, Jay Leno. And Jay David Leno. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All of these people. Uh, SNL, everyone. So I'm like, now I'm like, whatever she says, I'm just like, just cut, just, just cut her some slack. Yeah. Just leave her alone. Even if you don't agree with her, I'm just like, just we've done enough just let her be yeah (laughs) Yeah. she she i feel like what she's owed this now she can like say stuff like this i'm just like you know what cool i mean i don't know like do you think there's just a time where you just say like like we have to let things go though like okay granted having that lyric in the music when we look back on it now is like (laughs) that's weird that's weird that beyonce chose to put that lyric in the music but i also wonder like you know, is is there a point where we just let things go? I mean, I know there's plenty of songs from the before that have the R word in it, right? I don't think we're going to change all the lyrics to all of those words, you know? I don't know. It's always what fascinates me is just people's reaction and how huge it is to something that can be looked at and being like, come on, get over it. Versus, I want you to die. <laughs> And I'm just like, that is such an extreme jump that you can yeah. take. And yeah. oh my God. Okay. I just want to jump into this really quick. Did you guys see the guy who posted a TikTok video of uh, the SNL audition asking Lorne Michael 
to have him on, like, be a cast member on SNL. No. No. So this guy, okay, this guy, uh, I think his name is Jason Novak. He writes, he writes and makes a TikTok song. And, uh, and he's like a, you know, a theater kid. So you know the energy. And he wrote this like one minute video where he was like, oh, SNL is just like hiring new people. So I'm going to like shoot my shot. And he made like this, you know, quirky video of him just like being like, this is why you should hire me on SNL. And is the video cringe? Yeah, it is. It's big cringe. It's very cringe. But the way people reacted to it, oh my God. What did they say? I mean, I just read an article with him uh, on uh, Vulture and the way people were sending him death threats. The way what? people were just like so mad at him. The people He works at Disney World, so he's just like, you know, one of the, those people who sing there. And people will go there and like take videos of him and post it on the internet. Like oh, literally just bullying him. And I'm just like, you could have just said this is cringe and just let it go. <laughs> I do not understand what gets into people's minds where they just want... They just see something they don't like and they're like, I want this person destroyed. Yeah, they want it stopped to a pulp. I think that there is something to like the animalistic side of people, you know, where it's like that there's certain people in the world, you know, that like the human primal instinct is we need to cast these people out because they're weak or they're too earnest or there's something like really sad. And I just, I wonder... (laughs) Because I, I, it definitely gives me major, like, bullying in high school vibes. You know what I mean? Like, you just choose somebody for some reason, and then the vitriol and the hatred comes first, but then it's the sharks are smelling the water, and other people jump on the bandwagon because they think it's funny, and they want the clout from other people when they post. Oh, God, to be the center of that sounds so scary. So scary. Because also, like, I mean, look, I've seen a bunch of people do random things to get attention. And while it's something that I don't know if I could do, sometimes it works. Like, remember when that woman put her billboard up in, I think it was Atlanta, and she got, and she ended up getting an audition with Tyler Perry because of it, you know? Like, I don't know if I could put myself out there, but when I see it works, it's like, look, sometimes you have to think outside the box. He thought outside the box. You don't like it. Okay, great. Then move on. Exactly. Exactly. And most of the internet is like a lot of like those TikTok videos are cringe. It's just like, this is like trying to get viral, trying to uh, get famous. It takes so much work and a lot of it like ha- like is going to be cringe. That's what the internet, this is what the algorithm <laughs> wants. And you either find another venue, like I don't really post on TikTok unless I have like a stand-up comedy clip or something that I like, but I do not make content there because I'm like, I don't, I don't feel like, you know, putting myself out there th- the way I do. But if someone else wants to do it this way and they're willing to, you know, post some cringe stuff and like just go for it. I can just be like, this sucks, and just move on. I'm not going to go, you know, the distance to just, like, ruin their life. It's just too much. Yeah. Just today, even, I, I found out that, you know, they're trying to find this replacement host on The View for Meghan McCain, you know, a new conservative mm-hmm. voice. And so mm-hmm. they've been having temporary people. And so they invited Elizabeth Hasselback back today, who, you know, she was on The View for, like, 10 years, very famously, mm-hmm. very conservative. Um, I haven't watched it yet, but as soon as I heard her name, I just like it. It, it gave me chills because I remember it, and I like so I ended up in this rabbit hole of just going down her Instagram feed, and I was like, oh my god, Candace Cameron liked this post, and she commented, and then I was like, what am I doing? Let it go. <laughs> like, what is wrong yeah. with you? You don't care about this. You are just being insane right now. I know. Oh my I god. Know. It does, it, yeah, I know. Because like in real life, you don't do this. You know, no. you're not like coming after people you just like say oh this sucks and move on also the view if you want to replace megan mccain i don't know just put a gun on the table i think that will do the same effect (laughs) with a tiny little blonde wig and a red lip exactly that's really all you need right on the little hole where the bullet goes out exactly yeah yeah just like a sign that says do you know who my daddy is and that's (laughs) it From BBC Radio 4, 
Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Did you ever get hit with a cringy memory of your 13-year-old self out of nowhere? And suddenly you're panicked, sweating, and laughing at the same time. Don't, don't worry, don't worry, we all get that. It's because being an adolescent is one of the most visceral shared experiences we have as people. And we want to talk about it. Join me, Penn Badgley, and my two friends, Nava and Sophie, on Podcrushed as we interview celebrity guests about the joys and horrors of being a teenager and how those moments made them who they are today. New episodes of Podcrushed are out now, wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, I want to say this just because I watched it yesterday. I just watched the uh, documentary, three-episode documentary, or limited series, or whatever you want to call it, The Most Hated Man on the Internet. Uh, oh, God. Like, it's just like watching a car crash, obviously. Like, I had to finish it because I, I started watching it. But, I mean, it, if you haven't watched it, I'll just spare you. You don't have to watch it. No. It's it's about this guy called Hunter Moore from 2010 who had a website called Is Anyone Is Anyone Up? Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's basically a revenge porn website, and they just post people pictures, naked pictures without their consent. They hack into their account, uh, accounts and stuff, and they post their you know social medias, their addresses, and people comment on them. Just the most horrible people. It's so bad. It's so unsettling. It was. It's truly one of the most disgusting things I've ever watched. You know what's more unsettling, though, is that, you know me, I feel like I am in everybody's business. I know all the things. I can say that this was the first documentary I went into where I had never heard of this man, of this website. Same. And it terrified me because it, when you realize like how prolific it was... It probably affected people that were like very close to me. I mean, not saying friends, but just like it, it, there were so many women that were unknowingly and knowingly, you know, put up on this site. You know, I think it was only up for a very small period of time, but it seemed to just be, you know, this, yeah. this, you know, these scene, these scene kids. It was like a very, it was very big. I mean, had you heard of it? No, and I and I'll say this, okay, because I I was like reading what people were saying about it on social media and stuff. It was so funny to me to see like that most uh, people of color and like black people and and all were just like saying the same thing. It was just like <laughs> white people hang out on the weirdest <laughs> corners of the internet because I have never heard of that person in my life, and. You know, then you talk to some of your white friends and they're like, yeah, Hunter Moore. And they're just like talking about the website. I'm like, what did, why? Yeah. Why were you there? I would never willingly hear about this website and put it in my search bar and hit enter. I don't want to see it. I would hear about it. I'm like, okay, cool. This is, this is all I need to know. He seemed like the, you know, to me, he was very much um, trying to live out this, like, uh, Joe Francis life, right? From, um, yeah, what is that, you know, Girls Gone Wild. But he was almost like a precursor, or maybe it was in the same timeline as, like, Krill, you know, Krill, the slut whisperer. Like, it felt very much that vibe, who I had heard of. Um, But they all, it's all the same dude, and they all have the same fan base of people who... Uh, egg them on and are really um, encouraging of this like awful, vile, nasty behavior. Yeah. And I don't, and a, and a lot of them women. And I don't know if it's women that just you know because they are I don't know brainwashed or maybe they just like want to be around these quote unquote hot dudes. I don't know, you know, who are partying and getting access to these clubs and all of these things, and so they just want to be around that. It is there's something really interesting about somebody who like seeks like infamy versus fame. Cause it is such a personality type, you know, and this guy definitely seems like 
he he just the personality type to seek the specific infamy and just to let you guys know i was a scene kid baby you know i was out there i tried to have some extreme fun haircuts i'll send you pictures um it's the gayest i've ever looked a i'll say that but there's definitely something in that moment like that kind of hardcore post-hardcore like jeffree star was a part of that and that's where i first heard of jeffree star and they all have that like taking back sunday like i don't know if these any of these names sort of like ring a bell for you but i i had heard of hunter moore i had not put two and two together and i knew that you know what it was i didn't even realize it was revenge board i hadn't thought about it until until right now, since the moment when I knew it was happening. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah, so, yeah. like, there was this, like, it was like portions of my mind were, like, crystallized in amber. And when you remind me of it, I'm like, oh, that was revenge porn. At that moment, there wasn't even a word for that. Revenge porn didn't exist as a concept. It was just my ex-boyfriend's being an asshole and posting my nudes online. Like, there was no concept around this is illegal. That didn't exist as a policy, as a law. They literally had to create this because of how much fanfare Hunter Moore, like, created through this website. Absolutely, yeah. So I, it was really, this is one of those things, again, of, like, looking back at the 2000s and being like, oh, my God, I was in a fucking haze about sexism and homophobia and racism. Like, I just... I I had no concept. I didn't know. Well, yeah. And I think that's what was the most fascinating part. Well, there were so many. There were several fascinating parts of yeah. this of this series. And one of them being discovering the people that were involved in the scene kid. Because it really actually then gave me so much like a light bulb went off, you know, because we're do you know, we're doing this Spotify premium series on the worst YouTube apologies, which you should check out. But like I feel like every single person in our apology came from this era because this early 2000s where you just say or do whatever on the internet, especially Twitter, and those people became famous just for that, just for, like, not giving a fuck. And he was... In a way, I hate to say it, but he's like the founder. He was like almost like the the godfather of like, you know, of those people. And it's just, it was so weird. And I don't know if you saw, you know, so of course, so one of the main characters in the series was Charlotte Laws, who um, her daughter was the one who she was like got hacked or one of the ones who got hacked and, you know, ended up on this site and her mother was like not gonna, you know, give up. She was gonna get her daughter off the site. But then once she did, she was like wanted to take down Hunter Moore at all costs. And so she... Which, by the way, Kiki, you give me major Charlotte Law vibes. (laughs) Like, I feel like if you were my mother... I'd be like, Kiki will defend me until the goddamn end of the earth. You are like the definition of a detective, of an online sleuth. I would, We would all be fucking honored to have you in our corner if something crazy went down like that. No, so, I would, lo- and like, I would love to meet Charlotte Laws because like what comes out, and spoiler alert, if you are, you know, if you're not interested in learning too much about the series and want to watch it, I'm going to tell you a little bit about the series. But in the second episode, we find out that Charlotte in her heyday used to pretty much be like a like not a scammer but a scammer. She she wrote books on how she was able to get into these Hollywood parties and and rub elbows and with all of these famous people and how you just kind of she was like the original fake it till you make it. She was able to get herself yeah, in. Yeah, like a Jackie Collins type. Like, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I love that about her. But anyways, she you know, so I started following her on Twitter cuz you know, obviously with the documentary out, I want to hear what she has to say. And apparently, you know, Hunter even though he is now banned from the internet he had a twitter account and he had an instagram account and he's sort of just been like you know posting a little bit here and there he does an interview with this guy um and pretty much in so the this interview, is recent this is recent and this it's is, an hour-long uh, interview so i didn't i watched most of it but i like i literally couldn't I, I watched like the first 50 minutes and i was like i can't but essentially he said you know they were like do you have any regrets and he was like no. He's like, the only regret I have is that I didn't go 10 times harder. He absolutely was like, because I would have ended up in the same position. He's like, I still would have been where I am now. So why not have just gone all the way with it? Because the reality is like, he was, 
it seemed like he was sort of making a lot of money for that time. But based on what we know about the Joe Francis's of the world and how much money they made for this, I think he looks back on it as like, damn, I could have made so much money, which is, just makes him so much even grosser, right? Yeah. Well, speaking of, yeah, of old-timey people and uh, dark times of the <laughs> internet, remember when Dane Cook was famous and he was all over? <laughs> Barely, barely remember him. I mean, I remember Good Luck Charlie with Jessica Alba. Y'all don't remember this premiere movie? This excellently. He's another one. I think that like white people really (laughs) loved Dane Cook. And so I like, I felt like I tried to understand why they loved him. So I would try to, and I was like, I don't get it. But like, he is worth like hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah. I mean, he was crazy. Like in the 2000s, I mean, it was like, um, I know he did a lot with like MTV Movie Awards, and this is all again the same time as as this Hunter Moore stuff is when Dane Cook was out, right? Yeah, it was all around the same time. It was in it was in nineties, early two thousands. You know, I feel like Dane Cook has not entered like he was not relevant after like two thousand and ten. Like people were not really there were like more people uh, getting more fame and are funnier and and all of that. But he's back again. You know, not comedy wise even though Dane Cook still do co- does comedy in LA and if you check the headshot that he uses for his you know comedy it's a very old headshot from like, <laughs> oh, when he was, like, 30 no. years old, like 20 years ago oh, this man, man is 50 this man oh, is 50 man. years old and the reason I'm saying he's 50 years old because he just got engaged to a 23 years old. 23. Oh my god. Who ha- who he has known? Who he has known for a long time. How long? He's How only long 23. So they're saying that they started dating five years ago when she was 18, but he knew her since she was uh, 15. Now, I don't know what they call that. Maybe grooming, maybe uh, a lot of uh, other uh, other vocabulary that can be used about it. All I know is that it's fucked up and gross. I just think it's very convenient to say you've been dating five years exactly when yeah. 18 hits. So you're just telling me like you didn't even, you know, nothing happened when she was 17 at all? Like nothing at all. <laughs> just right at 18, you started dating. And it's uh. just like one of those things where I'm just like, even then, even then if you're like, no, but like it, if you ever had to use the phrase, no, but when we started dating, she was legal, you already lost. Yeah. I already just, gross. Yeah. Just, like, grow up. I'm sorry. Like, all of these men need to grow the fuck up. Like, you are 50 years old. Find someone that you can have a conversation with. It's funny because his Instagram bio says, growing up against my will. And I'm just like, Okay. There's so much <laughs> that is what the bio says. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god. I'm like, is this about you or this is what you say to your current fiance? I'm not sure. <laughs> uh. Oh man. It's so hard because like I like so the I know not that long ago, like the whole Florence Pugh kind of Zach Braff, like big sort of thing exploded about that, and they got a lot of flack online, and she kind of put a statement out sort of saying, like, you know, like back the fuck off. Like this is just the person that I'm seeing. And my problem is always that the same again, bringing up all these couples, Amber Heard and Johnny Depp, is like there is such an imbalance of power, of money, of fame. And while it may not be inherently wrong. It's like all of us from the outside were like, that's a breeding ground for some festering bad shit. You know what I mean? Like, it's like they're saying, hey, we have all the ingredients to make a chocolate cake, but it's not a chocolate cake. And we're like, yeah, but you could, it could be a chocolate cake. You, you just have to put it all together and then it could be a really bad situation. No, exactly. exactly. And my, my, my other thing about it is just like, you know, outside of, outside of how gross and fucked up it is and, and all of that stuff, it's just like when there's like this much of an age difference, like what do you guys even talk about? Nothing. Yeah. Ugh. Like I am thirty-one years old, and I think, like, when I think about a twenty-three years old, I'm just like, I don't think we have anything in common or anything to talk about, and that's not even like much of an age difference. It's just a, fe- it just feels like a different generation now, and so it's just weird. I don't know what they talk about. I would also think it would be really hard as a comedian. I would think he spends a lot of his time like making references, like, you know, like joke references to things. And he probably references things from the 80s, 90s that she just has no clue. She'll just laugh like, no idea what he's talking about. 
he he probably just like had to find the one person who's not old enough to have watched his comedy. <laughs> so I get that. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. She she was probably like, yeah, my my boyfriend Dane, he's a businessman. I don't know. <laughs> Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. After season one aired, I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few, and of course, my 90-year-old mom, Judy. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me Season 2 is out now from Lemonada Media. Hi, I'm June Diane Raphael. And I'm Jessica St. Clair. And each week we are sitting down to talk all about life's twists, turns, and absurdities on The Deep Dive. From exploring the depths of TikTok, which is our only news source, to navigating the complexities of grief and loss, we are just two best friends behind a mic processing life together. This podcast is all about finding the silver linings in the madness. So get ready for unfiltered conversations about motherhood, careers, pop culture, and everything in between. Here at The Deep Dive, we're all about community. We believe in the power of sharing experiences and the strength that comes from supporting one another. And we would love to have you with us. So be sure to join us every Wednesday on The Deep Dive from Lemonada Media, wherever you get your podcasts. Well, okay, we have to move on to this uh, listener apology that has been... Yes, uh, I'm so excited. ...has been sent to us. Uh, you know, we got an email from a listener saying that they demand an apology. Uh, Kiki, can you read what they, what they sent to us? Yeah, so they say, I would like to demand an apology from a coworker. I am a female in my early 20s, and unfortunately... I have become attracted to a coworker of mine. So I would like an apology from them for being such an amazing person and causing me to have feelings that go against my personal rule of never being interested in coworkers. I would also like to offer an apology to said coworker if I ever gave them any confusing signs that might indicate that I'm into them. All right. What do you think? I mean, this is already... Look, you know how I feel about dating people at work. I am absolutely against it. But, you know, if somebody's hot, you sometimes can't fight it, right? (laughs) Okay, here's my thing. I cannot disagree with this person. And I get what you're saying, uh, what you're saying, Kiki. Like, I have never dated people at work, but... uh, Years ago, I've I've worked at the uh, Portland State Library. and, and, And me and this woman, we started work on the same day. And we worked there for like two months. Okay, meet cute. This is yeah, going well. Exactly. Yeah, we worked there for two months, and then I quit because I hated it. I I don't like work. <laughs> Something that people need to know about me is that I don't like to do anything. Uh, and then we started dating after I quit work, maybe like oh. a year after that or so, of being friends, and we've been together for five years. So oh look at that. oh, ah! this is really okay. <laughs> Twist, twist, twist. It was a twist. Okay, so okay, so it kind of works out sometimes. Then sometimes it works out. Yeah, but we were not dating when we were working together. Well, that's what I would say. Like, if you were still working, if you worked together, do you think the relationship would have (laughs) lasted? I mean, it's a job at a library at a college, so I (laughs) wouldn't even call it a coworker (laughs) or or a real job. It was just. I've never actually done any work there, truly. So, <laughs> yeah. anytime I had coworkers that started dating, I literally would just like grill them because I'd be like, because there comes a time when it's the first time you sleep together, right? And I just like would cringe at the thought of like, I now have to sit next to you in a meeting or like, you know, yeah. go to the kitchen and get a snack and eat in front of you after you were just like, we were like pound and pound town, as they say. Like, I just. <laughs> 
It just would always weird me out. I can't. Well, this listener in particular, I think is so funny because when I break down the apology, this listener would like an apology from the coworker for being, quote, such an amazing person and causing me to have feelings that go against my personal rule. So this person is got to be hot, hot, hot tenderoni walking through the halls. And I mean, I have worked in places where there were like very hot people that I would like, they would be like talking to me in a conference meeting about something professional and it would just be gazing into their eyes going like wow <laughs> they are so cute so i get that i kind of do like i think she deserves an apology from this person for being so dreamy yeah and we're saying this obviously not knowing any details because my god given the <laughs> details that we don't know this could be weird but we're it could gonna... be really bad <laughs> we're <laughs> Sounds like just, victim yeah. blaming though a little bit. Like you, I need an apology from you for being so hot. <laughs> That's de- it's definitely giving me like nice guy vibes, you know. This this feels like also like such a like a douchey like pickup line. Do you say like you send like your coworker like on Slack and just being like, "What gives you the right to be so hot?" <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh man i really hope things end well and she doesn't get fired for like waiting outside and and, <laughs> and asking a person out on a date and that person's like nah bro i can't do it <laughs> i'm really hoping for the best i hope it turns out to be a uh, rosy and mahanad and not a and not a strange sad story of unrequited love <laughs> yeah that sounds we bad. don't like we don't like strange sad stories well we do no but you know right. we, we do but, but not not to this person not to a listener <laughs> yeah. not yeah. for you yeah. listener not for you um no we definitely definitely you know go to hr just let them know about your crush tell them what's going on in full vivid detail just in preparation for that person loving you back and then pack up your stuff because you're about to get fired (laughs) (laughs) unless unless you work at hr then i don't know what to tell you uh (laughs) yeah just be drunk on power and take it all the way baby exactly exactly use your human resources i guess that's right well okay and now so since we we've done this hope it works out for them we're gonna move to sorry not sorry which is my favorite segment where we either demand an apology from someone or we apologize and this week we're gonna start with kiki You know, I actually am going to apologize to myself this week, you know, because I have like I had been really hard on myself. I had actually I'm usually a pretty optimistic person. I really am, even though I can be Mm -hmm. like a little cynical, all of that. I am pretty optimistic, but I had just sort of like given up a little bit. I was like convinced that, you know, the world was going to shit like nothing was great. And then, you know, this week, Kansas Kansas of all places Kansas gave me thank hope. You. I clicked my heels together, right? And Kansas came through and showed the world don't fuck with women. Just don't underestimate us because you miscalculated greatly. And um I love that. And so I want to apologize to myself because um miracles 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 can happen. And be positive. I'm going to be a positive person this week. Hell yeah. Whenever we're feeling a little down, that'll be our secret word. I'm going to just say Kansas to you. Yes. And uh, that can be our secret optimism word. I love that. Well, oh, uh, what's what's happening with you this week? Okay, so I would like to offer a quick apology in kind to my dogs because my focus and energy is elsewhere. I have a few other babies in my life now, and they are plants. So I know I do have like a love affair with plants. And I know that it was a kind of a matter of time before I may like was became the parent like a dugger of plants. You know what I mean? Like I have like 49 children now. Um, and Chicago is a nice place to live for yes, about a month out of the year, weather wise, other than that, it's a miracle of a city. But um, I just feel like all my indoor plants kind of help me pretend that I don't live in a frigid wasteland Mm -hmm. from essentially like November all the way to sadly about April. And I found this small like female owned business called Twig Plants and they used to be based on Etsy, which I love, um, but they're very small and very 
kind of like personal touchy. And so I ordered these plants and I literally just got set the nicest plants I've ever had. And usually when I order plants online, I feel like I never know what I'm going to get. I'm always like on Amazon and I don't trust that they're going to be kind of like the right size. But then the owners, Caroline and Catherine, they kind of put their eyes on everything for this store. So those are the founders of Twig Plants. And then they made sure that all the plants came nice and safely tucked to my door and I'm, and then that I'm, that I'm not going to be able to kill them instantly. Wow. Um, I know, I know, I know. And I am. I'm so excited because I've always like longed for these like very rare plants that you can only get like cuttings of on the low eBay page and they're $500. <laughs> it's like the black market for plants. But I got this um, watermelon peperomia, which is like, I didn't Ooh, even know this type of plant existed. That sounds exotic. So isn't it? It's so beautiful. It's so pretty. It's got this kind of like luscious um, kind of jungle look with these like really rich purple stems and then like big shiny green leaves um it does not grow watermelons in case you guys Um. were both wondering um my favorite fruit is watermelon um no but i definitely did ask the company if it grew watermelon (laughs) at first i just sent a quick email and i was like um will this grow watermelons do i need to put this in a larger pot um but they (laughs) said no they're like no this it's just called watermelon and i was like okay great um, but they have these really rare, weird plants, and it's like stuff that you can't get at your local hardware store. And I definitely am going to <laughs> two stores around my city just to see if they have, um, you know, like weird things. But I mean, am I am I really going to be like another snake plant owner? No, thank you. This is not 2017. This is a fully evolved, mature plant lady site. I feel, and they have like these propagation stations that. Uh, which is what I got that are really beautiful and all these kind of like adorable planters. And I don't know if you guys know, but they uh, if you've seen these, but these like trendy wire trellis planters mm-hmm. and you can kind of grow ivy on them. Um, and I'm sorry, my fur babies and fur babies everywhere, but these plant kids are are taking center stage right now. Um, but do you guys have plants? Have you ever tried being plant parents? Like, are you ready for that stage of adulthood? Well, no, I'm like... I have always envied people who have, like, luscious, you know, houses with, like, you know, greenery everywhere. But, like, I, I'm one of those people. Look, I don't know the last time I cooked. Everything needs to be delivered to my house. So, like, the fact that you're saying that a plant can actually show up to my door, okay, well, then maybe I can get into it. Because <laughs> exactly. if I don't have to pick yeah. them out or curate them or do any of that cuz i don't even i don't like to go into hardware stores i don't like to do that thing i just like to see things Me online too. and they they show up on my porch so Me yeah too. and they were yeah. packaged like so carefully and well it came with like all this little foam stuff like literally my plants were perfect when i took them out of the bag and it's really great i think especially if you're not like a big plant parent they come with like laminated instructions that are really cute that you can just kind of put next to your next to your plant Mm. um because usually they come with that little stabby thing that barely says three words on it that i don't understand and this is like a full like whatever works for your lifestyle like they really write it out for you and oh um, that's great yeah because last time i tried to get plants i went to like a store like right by my my apartment and got so overwhelmed by by it because I, <laughs> I I do not like to buy stuff that are not online so this is this being online is is fantastic and what was yeah. the what was the, the the name of the website again is it just twigplants.com yes yeah and um it's twigplants.com and they started on Etsy like I said so you can check out all the ratings and reviews and I think literally like 95% of the reviews were five stars and I feel like I can really see why like I like like you can guide me if you can guide me to not killing a plant you deserve like 10 stars so oh, hell yeah. um I feel like they're the common thread too with the reviews is that um all their plants had been really like well tended to before they reached you and they the idea of like plant wellness and making sure that you understand how to do it is a big deal to them. So when you adopt their you know, plant babies, you get that experience too. And they gave me free shipping, which I really loved, um, which I lo- I did sign up for their newsletter to get the free shipping, but it is so cute. They give you like new varieties of flowers and it's really cute and informative anyways. Yeah. Um, so definitely you need to check out like everything that they have at twigplants.com. I cannot recommend 
stranger than enough. Um, I I really love supporting small businesses and like Etsy success stories like theirs. So, you know, I have a lot of plants now. I'm a parent. My life is richer for it, baby. Hell well, yeah. Mazel. Well, uh, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna move on to to my uh, apology, even though I do not have something as exciting as you, Oha. Uh, but I'm gonna demand an apology from uh, a, a good friend of mine, uh, who so she always keeps like recommending me these TV shows to watch that she's watching. And my thing is, when I start watching a show, I'll finish it quick. Like I two or three days, <laughs> I'm done with with every season there is, and then. I would text her like to talk about the show that she recommended me, and she's never caught up to where I am. She's what? She watches so slowly that I'm just like, <laughs> I'm just like, you're driving me insane right now. You have to watch it. Like, if the show comes out Monday at 9 p.m. by 10 p.m., I am done with the episode. Yeah, I do absolutely not wait. Done. Yeah, I do not wait. I do not. You know, um, and then she's like a week later. She's like, "Yeah, I'm still like two episodes behind." I'm like, "Why are you doing this to me?" Yeah, no, you have okay. to keep up. You can't recommend me a show and then you, and then you can't talk about it. Yeah, and I have to find <laughs> other people to talk about it, and that's a lot of work. Nobody can keep up with us, you guys. We are consuming content at an alarming rate, and there's not a person on earth except for the three of us um, that we can talk to about this stuff. Exactly. Yeah, it's just us against the world. Speaking of content, please make sure to uh, subscribe to uh, the most loved podcast on the internet. Beloved. Yes, I'm sorry. Is podcast. it this one? Yes, it, of course it's okay, this God. one. Yeah, I cannot think of any <laughs> other God. podcast. And make sure you know you subscribe. It's very important. Also, leave a review, a five star review, not four star, yeah. not three star, five stars. No. And if you miss us, you know, between Fridays, you know, you should also follow us on uh, IG at I'm sorry underscore podcast, because every Monday we're still talking about more stuff. Usually the stuff that happened over the weekend that Mm -hmm. we all we didn't get a chance to talk about because it's Friday. So join us Mondays for those lives. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'm sorry is a Lemonada Media original. The show is produced by Alex McCohen. Supervising producer is Chrissy Pease. Our executive producers are Stephanie Whittles-Wax and Jessica Cordova-Kramer. Our mix is by Kat Yor, and theme music was composed by Xander Singh. If you like this show, please rate and review. And please don't cancel us. You can find out more about our show at Lemonada Media on all social platforms or follow us on Instagram at I'm sorry underscore podcast. We'll be back next week. And until then, be nice, play fair, and always say I'm sorry. Thanks for listening. Hi, I'm Feminasty Erin Gibson. And I'm homosexual Brian Safi. And we're the co-hosts of the Attitudes Podcast. Where we talk about LGBT plus issues, gender issues, and pop culture. Probably with much less respect than they deserve. Look, it's a wild world, and we want to help you laugh at it. Plus, we discuss everything going on in our lives. Like, what do you do when your husband accidentally starts a fire in a dumpster? And the best armpit slapping techniques to get rid of the bags under your eyes. Thanks for the advice, Mom. And of course, how to spin a wig around to achieve a brand new look. Ah, stunning. So if you're a fan of high heel shoe chairs or have a crippling fear of hot air balloons, but also believe in social justice, then this show's for you. Listen to Attitudes anywhere you get your podcasts. Do you ever get hit with a cringy memory of your 13-year-old self out of nowhere and suddenly you're, you're panic sweating, you're laughing and maybe a little, little bit of tears are coming all at once? Don't worry, we all do. That's because being an adolescent is one of the most visceral shared experiences we have as people and we, we want to talk about it. So join me, Penn Badgley, and my two friends, Nava and Sophie, on Podcrushed as we interview celebrity guests about the joys and horrors of being a teenager and how those moments made them who they are today. New episodes of Podcrushed are out now. You can listen ad-free on Amazon Music or wherever you get your podcasts.